Welcome back to the show, everybody. William Wordsworth again. Here we go. Um, Swim says, Ode to Duty is. Uh, this poem shows us Wordsworth turning into a fuddy-duddy, a person who is old-fashioned and fussy. Ode to Duty is an appeal to the principle of morality for guidance and support. It represents, in a measure, a recantation of Wordsworth's earlier faith in the spontaneous and unguided impulses of the heart, written at a time when he was coming to feel more and more the need of an invariable standard. While continuing to recognise the worth and beauty of the creed of joy and love, he feels that there must also be the mandate of the stern power which preserves the stars in their courses and lays the law of sacrifice and self-restraint upon the soul of the individual. Stern as is the voice of duty, it is yet also divinely beautiful. The rainbow, this poem gives us the famous quote, the child is father to the man. There are many different interpretations of the phrase, the most popular of which is that man is the product of habits and behaviour developed in youth. And from interesting literature about the two sonnets, nuns fret not at their convent's narrow room. This poem is an argument that the usefulness of the sonnet as a means of poetic expression and the rejection of the idea that the sonnet's formal restrictions place undesirable limitations upon what the poet can do with that form. And sonnet two, scorn not the sonnet, Wordsworth is singing the praise of this short and tight poetic form. It's almost like an essay which its use of examples, Shakespeare, Petrarch, Spencer, Milton, its clear argument, the sonnet is being defended against the critics or detractors. Critic, you have frowned, and its rousing and decisive conclusion in that final rhyming couplet. Didn't know that there was an argument against the sonnet. I just thought it was really well-formed piece of poetry, the sonnet. Um, you know, it's not as if it's very restrictive or short. It's long enough to say, I feel like, whatever you want to say. Um, but yeah. What are we up to then? Um, the sonnet. Okay, yep. We're up to the world. The world is too much with us, late and soon. Getting and spending, we lay waste our powers. Little we see in nature that is ours. We have given our hearts away, a sordid boon. This sea that bears her bosom to the moon. The winds that will be howling at our at all hours. And are up and gathered. Now like sleeping flowers. For this, for everything, we are out of tune. It moves us not, great God. I'd rather be a pagan suckled in a creed. Outworn, so might I, standing on this pleasant lee, have glimpses that would make me less forlorn, have sight of Proteus rising from the sea, or hear old Triton blow his wreathed horn. Next one is f- a longie. It's called Ode. Subtitle: Intimations of Immortality from Recollections of Early Childhood. There was a time when meadow, grove, and stream, the earth, and every common sight to me did seem, apparelled in celestial light, the glory and the freshness of a dream. 
it is not now as it hath been of yore. Turn, wheresoever I may, by night or day, the things which I have seen now, I now can see no more. The rainbow comes and goes, and lovely is the rose. The moon doth with delight look round her when the heavens are bare. Waters on a starry night are beautiful and fair. The sunshine is a glorious birth, and yet I know wherever I go that there hath passed away a glory from the earth. Now while the birds thus sing a joyous song, and while the young lambs bound as the to the tabor's sound, to me alone there came a thought of grief. The timely utterance gave that thought relief, and I again am strong. The cataracts blow their trumpets from the steep. No more shall grief of mine the season wrong. I hear the echoes through the mountains throng. The winds come to me from the fields of sleep. And all the earth is gay, land and sea give themselves up to jollity. And with the heart of May doth ever beast keep holiday. Thou child of joy, shout round me, let me hear thy shouts, thou happy shepherd boy. Yea, blessed creatures, I have heard the call, yea, to each other make I see. The heavens laugh with you in your jubilee. My heart is at your festival, my head hath its coronal. The fullness of your bliss I feel, I feel it all. O oh, evil day, if I were sullen, while earth herself is adorning. This sweet May morning, and the children are culling on every side. In a thousand valleys far and wide, fresh flowers while the sun shines warm, and the babe leaps up on his mother's arm. I hear, I hear with joy, I hear. But there is a tree of many, one, a single field which I have looked upon. Both of them speak of something that is gone. The pansy at my feet doth the same tale. Repeat, whither is fled the visionary gleam? Where is it now, the glory and the dream? Our birth is but a sleep and a forgetting. The soul that rises with us, our life's star, hath had elsewhere its setting. <clears throat> Excuse me. And cometh from afar, not in entire forgetfulness, and not in honoured nakedness. But trailing clouds of glory do we come from God, who is our home. Heaven lies about us in our infancy. Shades of the prison house begin to close upon the growing boy. But he beholds the light, and whence it flows, he sees in it his joy. The youth, who daily farther from the east, must travel, still is nature's priest, and by the vision splendid, is on his way attended. At length the man perceives it die away, and fade into the light of common day. Earth fills her lap with pleasures of her own, yearnings she hath in her own natural kind, and even with something of a mother's mind, and no unworthy aim. The homely nurse doth all she can to make her foster child, her inmate man, forget the glories he hath known and the imperial palace whence he came. Behold the child among his newborn blisses, a six years darling of a pygmy size. See where mid work of his own hand lies, fretted by sallies of his mother's kisses, with light upon him from his father's eyes. See at his feet some little plan or chart, some fragment from his dream of human life, shaped by himself with newly learned art. A wedding or a festival, a mourning or a funeral, and this hath now his heart, and unto this he frames his song. Then will he fit his tongue to dialogues of business, love or strife, but it will not be long. Here this be thrown aside, and with new joy and pride, 
the little actor conned another part, filling from time to time his humorous stage with all the persons down to palsied age that life brings with her in her equipage, as if his whole vocation were endless imitation. Thou whose exterior semblance doth belie thy soul's immediate Thou best philosopher, who yet dost keep thy heritage, thou eye among the blind, that death and silent readest the eternal deep, haunted for ever by the eternal mind, mighty prophet, seer, blessed, on whom those truths do rest, which we are toiling all our lives to find, in darkness lost the darkness of the grave. Thou over whom thy immortality broods like the day a master of a slave, a presence which is not to be put by, to whom he get grave, to whom the grave is but a lonely bed without the sense of or sight of day or the warm light. A place of thought where we in waiting lie, thou little child yet glorious in the might of heaven-born freedom on thy being's height. Why, with such earnest pains, dost thou provoke the years to bring the inevitable yoke? Thus blindly with thy blessedness at strife, full soon thy soul shall ever have her earthly fright. And custom lie upon thee with a weight, heavy as frost and deep almost as life, O joy, that in our embers is something that doth live, that nature yet remembers what was so fugitive. The thought of our past years in me doth breed perpetual benediction, not indeed for that which is most worthy to be blessed, delight and liberty, the simple creed of childhood, whether busy or at rest, with new-fledged hope still fluttering in his breast, nor for thee I rise, the song of thanks and praise, but for those obstinate, obstinate questionings of sense and outward things falling, fallings from us, vanishings, blank misgivings of a creature, moving about in worlds not realised, high instincts before which our mortal nature did tremble like a guilty thing surprised. But for those first affections, those shadowy recollections, which be they what they may, are yet the fountain light of all our day, and yet a master light of all our seeing, uphold us, cherish, and have power to make our noisy years seem moments in the being of the eternal silence, truths that wake, to perish never, which neither listlessness or mad endeavour, nor man, nor boy, nor all that is at enmity with joy, can utterly abolish or destroy. Hence, in a season of calm weather, though inland far we be, our souls have sight of that immortal sea, which brought us hither, can in a moment travel thither, and see the children sport upon the shore, and hear the mighty waters rolling evermore. Then sing, ye birds, sing, sing a joyous song, and let the young lambs bound as to the tab of sound, and in the hort will join your throng. Yet that pipe, and yea, that play, yea, that through your hearts today feel the gladness of the May. What though the radiance which was once so bright be now for ever taken from my sight? Though nothing can bring back the hour of splendour in the grass, of glory in the flower, we will grieve not, rather find, strength in what remains behind in that primal sympathy, which having been, must ever be in the soothing thoughts that spring of the human suffering, in the faith that looks through death, in years that bring the philosophic mind.' 
And O ye fountains, meadows, hills, and groves, forbode not any severing of our loves, yet in my heart of hearts I feel your might, I only have relinquished to one delight, to live beneath your moral habits shall sway. I live, I love the brooks which down their channels fret even more than when I tripped lightly as they, the innocent brightness of a new-born day, is lovely yet. The clouds that gather round the setting sun do take a sober colouring from an eye that hath kept watch over man's mortality. Another race hath been, and other palms are won, Thanks to the human harbour which we live, thanks to its tenderness, its joys and fears, to me the meanest flower that blows can give thoughts to do, thoughts that do often lie too deep for tears. And that's our poems. For tonight. Alright, leaving it there. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.